You are listening to Represent, a podcast created by the Youth of Youth Leadership Institute 2021 Columbia Fellowship. Represent uplifts the voices and experience of people impacted by the education system. I'm Maria Torres, a former Columbia Fellow. Today we head to San Mateo where Columbia Fellow Caitlin Chang talks to Ruby Salazar, first generation immigrant and college student on the importance of equal access to educational resources and opportunities based on personal experiences and perspectives. Throughout my life, I've never felt the pressure of time. In fact, I've always felt as if I had all the time in the world. Even when it came to my education, I was privileged in terms of being able to attend excellent schools, have opportunities, and be able to learn to the best of my abilities without any familial and financial responsibility. It wasn't until I grew older that I realized that time was a commodity and luxury that others didn't have. Once I was able to have experiences out of my typical suburban neighborhood, I understood how tainted my view of equal access in education was. As a student in my community, everyone was practically the same. We all had the same teachers, classes, even backpacks oftentimes. However, as I gained more exposure of how different the picture of education could be in other areas, my eyes opened wider to just how the system was stacked against different groups of people. To gain some more insight about this topic, I was delighted to have the opportunity to sit down with Ruby Salazar, first-generation immigrant and community activist who witnessed firsthand what it was like to be a stranger to the American education system. Um, When I I came to the United States, it was really difficult for me to understand the resources out there for the education system and everything. I didn't even know about clubs or sports. I didn't know how important it was to like join AVID classes, why the SAT was important, why AP classes were important and what the meaning was behind college credit. I didn't even know how to navigate, like how to apply to college. Um, so there was a lot of things that I wish, like looking back that I knew about and didn't know about that um, I feel like other students struggle with as well, especially if they have like cultural barriers like that. Ruby highlights a lot of the issues present with our education system and specifically with equal access to opportunities or resources because of social inequities. But aside from telling her own story, being a leader in several programs aiming to amplify youth voices, she's also seen many others who share her struggles and experiences. A lot of our students in our programs um, have a job on top of all the other things that they're already doing, um, and that job is to help support their family. So sometimes um, our students can't make the meetings to our programs because they have to go to their second job to like babysit or help their family out and that leaves them with less time to work on their education and do homework and things like that. Time becomes one of the major barriers for students as they aim to balance school, responsibilities, and other extracurricular activities. What needs to be understood is the difference in lives that students lead. While I, as a 16-year-old teenager in 11th grade, am privileged not to have any other responsibilities other than to do well in school, my other peers differ immensely. Some of the friends I have face familial duties or jobs after school hours, whether it be taking care of another family member through babysitting or working to create another income for their households. When we come to understand this glaring difference, it's even more obvious why a resume of statistics and positions don't tell the whole story. Ruby continues to tell another anecdote where a student's lifestyle and experiences in school affect them in more ways than one. 
Um, so I can share an example um, with my husband. My husband, he, he was an ESL student and he, like when he was in, in middle school, he was doing very well and he had a teacher who was very supportive and was helping him throughout the process. Um, but when he switched to a new teacher, that teacher didn't have the same skill set as the teacher before. So he was completely lost again and kind of fell back in his education because he didn't have the resources that he needed to succeed in public education in the United States because it's not meant for other students who are like immigrants who are consistently coming into the U.S. Um, and also at university, I heard from a lot of ESL students that a lot of the teachers didn't really teach them anything. A lot of the teachers were more focused on assimilating them to U.S. culture versus actually focusing on educating them. So they were just telling them like what not to do and what to do in the U.S. culture versus showing them, like educating them, which is what they're supposed to be doing. So that was kind of frustrating to hear from my peers. Um, and oftentimes they said that it wasn't until college where they, or university where they actually saw more peers like them and saw like people of color in higher education positions and things like that. Ruby's stories about both her, her husband, and the students she's had to work with have been a part of the transition of what I've seen can be a change maker in people's ideas and conceptualizations. Hearing anecdotes, including these, have the power to add more perspective to complex issues, including affirmative action. In the past, I've been witness to many people making brash and uninformed decisions based on assumptions regarding students and equal access to opportunities. I've witnessed classmates, peers, and community members alike making arguments about the unfairness and inequality that systems like affirmative action supposedly advocate for. And while these concerns are valid, they come from a place of defensiveness rather than true understanding of what increasing equity exactly means. To fully understand, we need to take into account people like Ruby's perspectives of what it means to have barriers stacked against you in education that prevent you from accessing your full potential. As for ways that we can aim to resolve the many barriers that affect students, Ruby suggests opening our perspectives to create alterations to our existing education system. So accommodating for different learning styles and disabilities is one way. Also having like academic support for students who have greater needs and redesigning school programs so that they're equitable for everyone and everyone has access and their ability to join the program. Um, another one is to have staffing be trained on social emotional learning so they know how to recognize the signs and how to educate students on how to learn about their emotions and how to like work with their peers and things like that. So I think social emotional training is also very important. The concept of equal opportunity and equity doesn't just concern a small number of people. It concerns everyone. In a world where privilege not only provides you with education and opportunity, but also time to explore your choices. To grow and to understand privilege and systematic differences is to acknowledge the inequities within the systems that we have lived through. Listening to people like Ruby and the stories she brings to the table is what has the power to change perspectives. And together, recognizing flaws and building the groundwork for resolving the differences that divide us is what will ultimately move us forward.